0: Chapter 12 of Fuel of Fire. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Fuel of Fire by Ellen Thorny Croft Fowler. Chapter 12 Suspicion. To give a dog an unrespected name as hanging seems to be about the same. The burning of Baxendale Hall caused a great sensation, not only in Mershire but throughout all England. In the first place people were genuinely sorry that a house containing such fine pictures and so magnificent a library should be destroyed. It was a loss to the whole country, as well as to the possessor. And in the second place they were devoured by curiosity as to who was the culprit who had actually set the hall on fire. Somebody must have done it. On that point all were agreed, but there was much discussion, and for many a long day, as to who that somebody could be. Some said one, some said another, and none was weary of going over the question again and again, sifting and re-sifting the evidence. The temptation to transfigure Mole Hills into mountains and to discover mares nests to find something new to talk about and to pluck the mote out of a brother's eye in short to relieve the tedium of life in a manner which would not have found favour in the eyes of the first bishop of jerusalem proved too much for the british public they discussed the matter until they gradually lost their power of discrimination between what actually and what they supposed had happened they revelled in guesses as to whether a or b could possibly have set fire to the hall until they believed a or b really had done so and they hoped that c or d had not been guilty of the crime until c and d stood red-handed in their minds eyes as for the curse it was meat and drink to them and they tried to find out what was thrice as great as king or state with an energy which was worthy of a weightier problem and all this be it noted not from any enmity against the present owner of baxendale hall nor from any wish to work him harm but merely from a passionate thirst for excitement and an unthinking intention to slake that thirst at all costs of course if the hall had not been insured or had only been insured for a modest sum none of this gossip would have arisen the catastrophe would have been a nine days wonder and that would have been the end of it but a hundred thousand pounds was too big a sum to be lightly passed over and it also provided in the minds of the really well-meaning though actually mischief-making public a motive why lawrence baxendale should have burned down the house of his fathers and placed himself in danger of the law for human nature alas is such that in all courts of justice a motive for a crime on behalf of a certain person is strong evidence in favour of that particular person's having committed that particular crime wherefore we daily pray lead us not into temptation when the news of the disaster was brought to the burtons breakfast-table by excited menials the following morning nancy's heart stood still for a second and then began to beat like a sledge-hammer she could hardly speak so strong was the thrill that ran through her that thrill half of triumph and half of fear which suddenly runs through all of us when suddenly we find our unworthy wishes granted our unholy intentions fulfilled she had made up her mind that baxendale hall should be burned down so that she should attain her heart's desire and marry lawrence that the old curse should come to pass was the thing she had longed for it did not occur to her that though offences must come woe to those by whom they come at present she only thought what a delightful world it was after all and how lucky she was to have won the love of such a man as lawrence baxendale she and nora walked up to the hall immediately after breakfast to see what damage had actually been wrought accompanied by their two brothers who regarded the burning of baxendale as a treat specially prepared for their greater enjoyment of the summer holidays the rooms on the ground floor were still standing and though their contents had been sadly spoilt by the water which had been thrown upon them they were not destroyed but the ground floor was all that was left of baxendale hall and even these rooms had been robbed of their ceilings and stood open to the ravages of wind and weather the fire had evidently begun in the library and ascended devouring everything that barred its upward course the old books and manuscripts had been as tinder to the flame and the pictures had not been much better Then the wind being so high when once the flames had a start they literally travelled as wildfire there was no possibility of quenching them and so in a few hours the upper part of the fine old house had completely vanished mr baxendale was on the scene of the ruins when nancy and nora and the boys arrived there and nancy was shocked to perceive how he had changed in that one night he looked ten years older than when she parted from him the preceding afternoon his face was white and set and there was a stern look about his mouth which she had never seen before it seemed strange she thought that what had so rejoiced her soul had turned laurence into an old man she had expected him to be so glad that he could marry her that all regret at the loss of his home would be swallowed up instead of which he seemed so preoccupied that he had hardly time to notice her at all the burton girls did not stay long on the scene of the ruins they saw that laurence was really too busy to attend to them so when they had gazed their fill on the wreck they turned away leaving their small brothers to that fuller enjoyment of the disaster which only the immature male mind could adequately appreciate for a short time nancy felt rather depressed by lawrence's apparent indifference but her natural high spirits soon reasserted themselves and comforted her with assurances of how happy she and he were going to be in the good time coming and during the rest of that day and for several days afterward She built most delightful castles in the air, for the occupation of herself and him. She did not see him again for nearly a week, but she easily accounted for this, since his time was naturally occupied, with saving what he could out of the wreckage of his house, and getting the place into order again. The fire had not touched any of the stables or outhouses, it was only the hall itself that had suffered. What Lawrence himself was enduring at that time Nancy had not the ghost of an idea. It would have been impossible for her to understand, even if she had been told, how he was simultaneously trying to harden his heart against her, and longing to take her into his arms, how he was making up his mind to tell her that henceforward everything must be at an end between them, and at the same moment, deciding that, come what might, he would marry her, on the income of the insurance money and defy the world and whatever the world might choose to say nancy was one of those natures to whom conflict is an unknown quantity st paul's testimony to the flesh lusting against the spirit was to her as the original greek in which it was written she might succumb to a temptation on tuesday which she had safely resisted on monday that was quite possible but she would never feel the full power of the temptation and the passionate desire to resist it at one and the same time she might change her government with startling rapidity but as long as the government was in power it was unanimous like the rest of us she presumably had her guardian angel and her tempting demon in attendance to guide her feet respectively in the narrow way that leads upward to life and the broad path that goes downward to destruction but in nancy's case these two opposing influences made a sort of spiritual box and cox arrangement, and were never upon the ground at the same time. Therefore she was spared the wear and tear of conflict, though not the agony of remorse. People are all wondering whether Baxendale burned down the hall himself for the sake of the insurance money, remarked Anthony to his uncle one evening. Nancy started up in amazement. Then I'm certain he did not. It's a horrid lie. Lawrence is the last man to do that sort of a thing that her lover himself should ever be suspected of the crime was a possibility that had never occurred to her but anthony took no notice of her indignation what do you think uncle richard he asked mr burton laid down his newspaper and shook his head it is a queer business i don't know what to think nancy again rushed in surely you don't think that lawrence did it gently my child gently her father replied i say i don't know what to think i did not give any opinion on the matter the world in general seems coming to this conclusion said anthony i've heard it from no end of people to-day that is just like people exclaimed nancy nasty things no expostulated mr burton judicially i do not think one can altogether blame the public for suspecting mr baxendale when you remember how much he had to gain by the accident and also when you consider that the public do not know the man as we know him I'm bound to say that if I had not met Baxendale personally, if I knew nothing in his favour or against him, I should need to be convinced of his innocence. "'You think things look rather black against him?' said Anthony. "'Yes, my boy, I'm sorry to say that I do. Mind you, I don't say that I think Baxendale burned down his own house. I only say that I'm not surprised at the world in general suspecting that he did.' Nancy looked frightened. "'But why, father?' first because it was to his interest to do so not only does he come into a large sum of money through the burning down of the hall but he also is relieved from paying a yearly tax which there is no doubt was often a great strain upon his slender resources in short the accident turns baxendale from a poor man into a comparatively rich one anthony nodded yes that's true enough and there is no doubt that this is a consummation devoutly wished by others than our friend baxendale so much for the motive of the crime continued mr burton now let us look at the evidence the caretakers of the hall were sent away on a holiday by baxendale and no one is put there in their place thus the house is quite uninhabited further the fire obviously started upon the first floor and travelled upward the ground floor is untouched this indubitably proves that the fire began from the inside and also from the upper story for no one could have set it on fire from the outside unless they had begun from the ground the key of the outer door and mark you the key of the upstairs library were in lawrence baxendale's possession mrs candy having given up all the keys into his hands before she left home the above facts are public property and can you blame the public from arriving at an obvious conclusion it does look rather queer anthony allowed and you think it impossible for the fire to have been lighted from without utterly impossible i should say all the windows were carefully fastened and there were no ladders anywhere about therefore if the house was fired from outside it must have been fired from the ground and not from upstairs nancy looked very angry it is rank lunacy to imagine for a moment that lawrence was capable of doing such a thing she said her father took no notice of her interruption baxendale admits he went all over the house on the very morning before it was burned to see whether any windows had been broken by the gale in that case had the fire already been smouldering he must have discovered it besides it couldn't very well have been smouldering in the summer added anthony because there hadn't been any fire in the place for months there had not baxendale admits that no fire except the one in the kitchen for the candies to cook by had been lighted for many weeks and that particular fire could not have been responsible for the mischief as the kitchens are practically untouched and of course the candies hadn't been cooking there for over a week exactly had they left any lighted coals behind them the place would have been burned down a week or more ago yes mr burton looked very serious i'm bound to say the case seems very black against baxendale and I'm afraid he will have a lot of trouble with the insurance people about it. They won't be very likely to pay up until things are made to look a little less suspicious. Nancy's face grew very white. Do you mean that he won't get the hundred thousand pounds? Her heart seemed to stand still. Surely this thing had not all been done for nothing. I should doubt it, replied Mr. Burton. The whole business has a very suspicious flavor. Even putting upon it the most favorable construction, Baxendale has been extremely unlucky for everything— even to the smallest trifle, bears witness against him. "'Where did you get hold of all these details?' Anthony asked. "'From Baxendale himself at the club. He was talking to half a dozen men, including myself, and told us all that I have told you about the incidents of the fire. He made no secret of the facts of the case.' There was a long silence. Mr. Burton drew his brows together and went over the evidence again in his own mind. He hated to think evil of his neighbour, but the case against Lawrence Baxendale certainly stood out in somewhat glaring colours. Anthony drummed with his fingers upon the table and thought what an unlucky dog Baxendale was, and how sorry he felt for him. And Nancy sat still, her air castle tumbling about her ears, and wished that she had never been born, or else that Baxendale Hall had never been burned. She did not mind much which End of chapter 12.